0: GM, GM guys, Shaheen and uh is here from DJen Aussie Apes. Today we are super excited to be interviewing Steph B.E. So did I say that right? Steph Eve. Hello, hello. Yeah.
1: <laughs> or you can just call me Steph.
0: <laughs> yeah, Steph. It's funny with all the dot Eves and you know all the different names and things like that. But guys, you know, Steph is here from Airtree. she's the Web3 Investment Manager. She is a judge for the web three, was it the hackathon held by on uh, Vision Chain Australia?
1: Oh yeah, I uh, yep. judged a couple of those, uh, the hackathons.
0: You're an investment research manager, you from the medical field, uh, many tricks, many talents. I think it's super fantastic. So thanks so much for giving us some time today and yeah, coming onto the DJIZ podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me guys. <laughs>
0: Super cool. John OG, as always, man, how you going?
2: Yeah, awesome, man. I guess we're in that weird kind of Dece- between December and New Year's where you don't know what day it is, you know, like you're finally getting some time off Twitter. Um, but, yeah, I guess, Steph, uh, you know, did you kind of want to walk us through, like, how your journey in Web3 started? Like, what what drew you to the space and uh, kind of where, where are you at now? I think our audience would love to kind of hear that.
1: I mean, sure. Uh, so I kind of came into the space, um, like, you know, at, at Airtree. So I am an investment research manager at Airtree and have been for around seven months now. Um, and I think that when I came into the space, everyone was kind of looking at the resume thinking, hang on, how does this fit? Um, so it, it's kind of great to be able to have a bit of a chat through it, how I managed to find my way to this role. Um, I So my background, as you'd see on LinkedIn and all the other places, is very medical research based. Um, so I started out uh, in my undergrad in a Bachelor of Science, um, extended major in biomedical science, minor in neuroscience, um, did my honours in neonatal neuroscience, and then I went over to the UK to do my master's, uh, which I did in clinical neurosciences at the University of Cambridge um, in conjunction with UCL. Um, and then I came back uh, to the Australian National University um, where I'm in my final year of my medical degree for like uh, Bachelor of Medicine and Surgery. Um, and so that was kind of, you know, the very traditional path that I was taking academically. But throughout that time, I was kind of always doing other things. I think I, the best way to describe it would be terminally curious. Um, so back in uh early 20, 2010s, I was, um, you know, in Brisbane at uni. Um, I'd Kind of done a little bit of uh, corporate consulting and corporate research type stuff, um, and uh, ever bored, I I kind of was checking out Tor, um, so the deep web and looking around, and I kept seeing BTC, LTC, um, and I thought, what's what's this? And so I had to kind of uh, go in and have a look at it, and that really drew me into the community. A friend of mine at the time uh, was also kind of looking around. Um, seeing what he could find on the deep web, I, I will say I was not doing anything illegal. <laughs> um, but he he said to me, "Staff, you need to buy this. Like, you need to buy Bitcoin. You need to buy Litecoin. Like, you know, um, this is the future." And I'm I'm very risk averse generally, um, and so I said, "You know what? I'm going to put this money into stock." Um, but you know, loved the idea, and so he put his money into um, to crypto. I put my money into stock, and I think a few years later, I realized that. Um, I'd probably made the wrong decision. And so I um, I put my money back over, like, well, at least some of it back over into crypto. It's quite funny.
0: I did the same sort of thing, you know, I was traditionally stocks and all that type of stuff. And I remember it was 2020 uh, when COVID first started hitting and everything was just crashing. And Luca P, one of our fellow co-hosts, was like, man, we've got to look in stocks. And, you know, we made a dollar into two. And that was exciting. And then he was like, I think we've made a mistake, man. We need to get into crypto. And that's where the journey, like, sort of begin. I feel it's a bit of, you know, right of passage in that way. You start with the stocks. You start wanting to invest and things like that. And then you stumble upon crypto.
1: Yeah. Um, and so definitely I think um, it probably helped to understand the space by starting out in stocks because I learned how to, you know, read a chart and uh, look at a company and go through that kind of research process that kind of tied into the research I was doing, um, research process I was doing funnily enough uh, with my science. Um, And so over that time kept reading about the space, kept uh, building communities. I really started out like kind of um, in communities on Telegram uh, and so was just kind of going to official coin telegrams and then would be invited to others um, eventually a friend of mine kept saying go to twitter um, and eventually i did but um, that was a much later um, and kind of from there managed to make really amazing friends people i'd probably never ever meet otherwise um, and help out on their projects and then that kind of led me into helping out on some coins um, and that kind of started as something i just did for fun that i ended up being paid for um and then after that i had moved into uh help, like so this is something we'd talked about before recording is decentralized science um and so one of the friends um that i'd known uh, i hadn't kind of told him my name or what i'd done in my real life and he said uh, this is what i do i'm involved in decentralized science and he had a company a, a, D, a dao um, and I joined that DAO and started contributing and at some point said, hang on, this is this is amazing. So um, at that point I had uh, joined that DAO, started contributing there um, and started contributing to a few other ones um, and some you'd see online such as uh, Lynx and Algovera, which is a neuroscience DAO and also then an AI DAO um, and that kind of uh, led me into uh I'm sure you've heard of Gitcoin's kernel program, uh, where I applied and was a fellow there. Um, And after I was a fellow there, I was um, thankful that they asked me back to be a mentor. So um, I'm mentoring the new fellows as they come through. And at the start of this year, I had uh, gone to a Blockchain Australia conference, uh, sat down with sassal and john henderson who is a partner at airtree in charge of our crypto um our crypto fund um and he said who are you and i said i'm a medical student and we had a coffee and uh it's history <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, love I love how these things are
1: so so i think i came about it in a pretty um a pretty weird way Um, I came about, uh, you know, through my personal training and curiosity into, um, funnily enough, the decentralized science space, um, then kind of also helping out on friends projects and that really spanning over companies and um, different kinds of companies and NFT projects. And uh, at some point I uh, managed to, yeah, uh, make it a full time gig.
2: (laughs) I love it. In terms of like the early days when you're working on projects like what kind of advice or how were you helping out with some of those earlier kind of projects like even before the kind of d side like what were you kind of contributing into those early days
1: yeah so something i really love is governance and tokenomics that's something that i think is just so important um so i really i loved writing up kind of um how that might work for people, or um, having you know my friends as they were conceiving these projects, I'd say, "Hang on, uh, how about if you try it this way?" Um, and the other thing I liked doing was kind of the strategy, and um, of course, I'd had some community experience in um, in the market, and so I kind of also contributed to how are we going to market this? And it was just such a fun thing for me coming from like a medical field, which always felt so serious. Um, so it never really felt like work. <laughs>
0: It's not really work when it's fun, is it?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And still and still.
0: (laughs) So you're now at Airtree. Could you explain to all our listeners, you know, what is and who is Airtree?
1: Of course. Uh, Airtree is a venture capital fund based here in Australia. Um, Airtree, it's what we do essentially is we find really cool people with really great ideas that want to start software companies. Um, and we give them the funds and advice that they need in order to grow from a really small company um, all the way up to a unicorn. Um, so I think you guys know Immutable. That's one of our Web3 investments. Um, but, you know, we do actually have about $1.3, million, uh, $1.3 billion under management, um, and in December last year, we raised $50 million purely for blockchain projects. Um, and that's where I come in. I'm the investment research manager for that uh for that crypto fund, we like to call it. Um, and so I go around meeting amazing people, talking to people like you guys, um, meeting people that are trying to build the future of blockchain.
2: I love it. And for our listeners who might not know what a unicorn is, uh, can you just explain that in simple terms? Because I remember the first time I heard the term and I'm like, oh, that's what it means. Like, what's a unicorn?
1: Of course, Our company um, that we call a unicorn would be something that has raised, uh, you know, gone to the point where they ha- are worth a billion dollars.
2: That's awesome. And is there another term, is it megacorn or decacorn? Is decacorn for the $10 billion? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, decacorn maybe for $10 billion. That could be right.
0: Yeah,
1: okay, <laughs> on that.
0: <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. I was uh, going through Airtree's website and just looking at the companies that you have worked with and continue to work with companies like Canva, Linktree, Crypto Tax Calculator, as you said, immutables, Abyss Solutions, AI company. Uh, it, it's, it's so impressive. And I think what's even more impressive, it's homegrown, it's Australian. Uh, to see how many amazing startups and how many companies there are on the Australian scene, it's one thing in Web3 that's really blown my mind. Uh, we talk about it all the time, you know, a few of the guys in the scene, you know, when you said, John, that uh Dingling was uh Australian, we are like, oh wow, <laughs> you know, like he another Aussie. So it's, it's super cool. Um, in your role, I mean, when you're sort of looking at all these, I mean, companies, web three, I can see that you guys have dedicated, what well, I think it's about $50 million just to some web three space at the moment, which is super impressive. What exactly do you sort of look for? What makes these startups and these companies stand out to you as, uh, you know, the manager in charge for this?
1: Yeah. Great question. Um, I, I mean, manager in charge of all this maybe uh overstating my role just a little bit um (laughs) what i look for generally and what we all look for um is amazing people um so if you think about uh you know investment as vc so we we might find you when you're pre-seed which is you know a really early stage company with an idea and product or maybe even before that point i might meet you um if you're an amazing person and you have this great idea uh, we might be chatting to you for years, you know, 10 years down the track. Well, you know, it, it, however long it may be, um, we really want to make sure that we ha- are able to do what we're doing right now, having a good, honest conversation and um, really understanding each other so that when the tough times hit, you can you can trust each other on that. Um, and so that's a really big first litmus test for me is, um, you know, ha- how would I relate to this person? You know, um, do, I, do they seem honest? Do they seem, you know smart you know hardworking um they're all really really important things and the next thing is you know obviously why are they doing what they're doing because um you know i might have a really cool idea about you know something that i know nothing about um and even though it's a really cool idea i might not be the best place to really take that to a worldwide company um so i'd really look at them and i'd think okay well what are you really best at in the world um, and or what are you really uniquely, you know, positioned to create? Um, and if you have a good answer, to, well, not that I would ever ask that, but um, and if if I look at them and that that makes sense and, you know, they've had a cool history and they have a reason for why they want to do what they want to do. That's a really good start. Um, after that point, obviously, we come into the more company building, um, you know, more, you uh, typical bd stuff you know you've got uh, an idea how big is the market um how do you you know what's your go to market how are you going to you know get the customers you need to get who is your first customer um what progress have you made so far and then you know talking about the money how much money do you need how much um do you need to get to the next milestone or to to revenue um and how long will it last you and where will you put it so um some of it it really comes down to a you know the business processes but i think the magic comes from the people and the founders
0: yeah that's you know the people i mean we say it all the time when we sort of look at nfts and different metrics you know artwork community um community is always key I mean, we've seen communities band together and resurrect so many projects things like sushi swap and all that type of stuff but one thing i really really like is the company building side because I think there's one thing to make out a project and there's one thing to get it out there, but a lot of founders may not have the business background you know, to actually run a business. What do you do when you make all this money? How do you reinvest that for the community, for the business? We've seen fiascos regarding royalties at the moment. It's a super crazy new space, but do you sort of feel is the space in a sense overcrowded at the moment? Are people's aspirations a bit too high? Um, how are you guys like do you sort of funnel all that out and give a bit of a reality check when you're sitting with certain uh companies because i've heard amazing things in web3 i've heard people you know let's get an nft and buy an island and it's like hold (laughs) on a second is that actually logistically possible um so do you feel we're a bit overcrowded and people are shooting for the moon at the moment
1: i love the i love the um ambition honestly yeah. I think that's amazing you know I, I would never ever try and stifle someone's ambition um I think from the Airtree perspective uh, where it really comes down to is what's fundable and that's the word you know you know investable or fundable um for us it comes to like probably looking at your your first idea you know what's the audience to it um are you you know thinking of something that a lot of people are really going to want to buy? Um, why would they want to buy it? If they have, you know, a couple of dollars to allocate to different projects, why would they put a dollar in yours? Um, and I think that comes down to usability. Um, you know, is it something that will make their, will improve something in their life or make something easier or, um, you know, kind of kind of coming to that point of saying, uh, you know, potentially buying an island isn't the best idea because, um, you know, it might not be the best investment in terms of some things, but you know, if you do if you build an if you buy an island and build things there that are world-changing and you know it's it's all done in a way that's new and never seen before and it's now the smartest island on earth, that's a great idea, isn't it? So it really comes down to execution and planning. And I think probably my role, yes, there are some times where I have to say, unfortunately, this isn't an investment for us. Um and it comes down to kind of the things we've spoken on. Um, I think what I see in the space at the moment is a lot of people um probably aren't as uh probably very excited about blockchain, excited about crypto, excited about NFTs. Um, and they forget to pair it back to a normal consumer. So the the projects I love, the projects that I see and I think this is amazing, are the projects that I can show to my mom and show to my dad and say, um, look, hey, isn't this cool? And they could say, hey, yeah, I could use that. Um, or, you know, on another level, if it's a crypto native product, product something that everybody has been talking about and saying, oh, this is such a problem. When, when is this going to be fixed? Or, you know, oh, it's such a pain to do this. Um, who's going to fix that process? So um, I think it comes down to just how useful your first idea is and then your execution. Um, but yes, there are some times, unfortunately, that, um i have to say you know it's probably not something that is for us that being said though um i always say that there's never a hard no and at airtree we always say that there's never a hard no um always come back and if you really believe in your product keep working on it um and bring it back and say hey we've made this progress i think you were wrong
2: (laughs) i love it just just on the point of execution like what what have you seen or if you can give kind of any examples of really solid execution because you can have the best idea in the world if you can't execute it and make it a reality, well, the idea is really not worth anything. You know what I mean? So what have you seen in terms of kind of practical steps of execution that people have taken that has kind of blown you away or what kind of advice could you give to someone who's really looking to execute in the space and, and make that action and get that momentum going?
1: I mean, firstly, a founding team for me is very important. If you are a technical person, you can build a lot really cheaply, really, really quickly, right? Um, but then you might need someone that's really good and you go to market or, your, you know, marketing or business development type stuff or, you know, a chief of staff. So I think you need to be really honest with yourself as a founder and say, what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses? And how am I going to build out my fa- founding team to fill those weaknesses? Um, and so I think that's probably the first stage of execution. As soon as you have the idea, you should be thinking on your founding team. Once you have the best people, you know, in the same room or, you know, it doesn't have to be virtual, virtual room, um, and you're talking about this idea and everyone's contributing, you know, from different sides of that, that's where you get a really good plan. Um, from there, you know, you should hopefully have a relationship where the go-to-market can say, you know, that tech that tech idea you had amazing, but probably we don't need, you know, all the features, we can just release an MVP and then market that as we're building the rest to get get revenue sooner so these kind of simple things like that um, help your um firstly you know your need to fund because if you may get through things a little quicker um secondly they probably help uh you know the process in which you're going about it it might uh fix some inefficiencies um and it also means you don't have to be hiring people as you're going through that process um i think you know, in terms of that execution and go to market, it's also like the big thing is being honest with yourself and being, um, kind of having really, really good, you know, record keeping. I think something we've seen this year, um, particularly with FTX is that, um, we can have really amazing ideas and they can grow really large. Um, but as they grow those, you know, errors and the things that aren't quite right can grow, grow really large as well. Um, you know, probably if you're, small and you're doing things the best way you can ethically and uh, operationally from the start you'll grow into a really lovely sustainable business um you know no matter no matter um how how successful or how far off how quickly you want to grow
2: i love it i guess just as kind of a follow-on question you know like this year we've seen the cra- uh, collapse of three hours capital we've seen venture capital funds like dissolve and kind of disappear, uh really cut down like the investments that they're making. I think the official stat, and I'd have to check because the year's not over yet, but I think it was 30% uh, this year of the venture capital, you know, funded into Web3 uh, is what we kind of received this year. Like what do you see that trend picking up again next year? Um, and kind of following on from that, like do you think there'll be like a kind of, you know, consumer confidence and when it comes to, you know, people putting out pictures, asking for funding, and obviously VCs delivering that funding. Do you think that will resume uh, in 2023? And uh, if so, like what kind of niches or trends do you see picking up next year? Is it DeSci? Is it, uh, you know, is it maybe an integration between Web3 and AI? Is it GameFi again? Like what do you really see? And obviously this is your personal opinion. uh, What do you see picking up next year in, in terms of what gets funded?
1: Yeah, I mean that's a really interesting st- statistic on the VC funds because I know a lot of people um, VC funds are still investing in Web three. Definitely, um, you know some some unfortunate situations and you know unacceptable situations in in blockchain this year. Um, I think that your first question kind of pointed uh, to you know uh, the you know where people are investing and whether we think that will pick up. Um, I actually think it's a really interesting time in the space right now. I think the CEO of Goldman Sachs, I'm forgetting his name. Don't uh, don't get me in trouble for that. Um, He just penned an article saying, uh, like, blockchain is not crypto, I think it was called. Um, And also uh, very recently this month, uh, I believe that I saw an article saying that uh, Goldman Sachs is looking at a lot of the distressed companies um, to see whether there's, you know, something to invest in there um, within the space as well. So unfortunately, when we have these horrible, uh, you know, collapses of protocols and the contagion that follows, um, there are going to be a lot of companies that fail and they're, um, you know, sometimes by no no fault of the, the company themselves. Um, it also does give a really interesting time for people to scoop up, you know, companies that are in distress and, but it's still doing quite well. Um, and it also kind of, Cuts out a lot of the fat. So what I what I mean by that is that sometimes in these market downturns, um, companies that were surviving on um, potentially the bull market froth, um, or surviving because of really vibrant communities that were looking for you know a community, but not necessarily a really good base tech, um, or you know certain situations like that. Um, when it comes to a bear market people really look at their pocket and they really look at the value of a company and they say hey um is this is this really a good investment um and i think we've seen a little bit of a rebalance throughout this year as well as people have done that um so i think it's sometimes a good thing in a really bad way um but moving in you know into the positive of 2023 i do think 2023 is going to be a tough year generally um you know there's no getting away from that um Probably the trends that I think are going, I'm going to, we're going to be seeing are uh, definitely a lot of advertising plays. Uh, NFTs, is, you know, if we look at uh, the crazy amount of brands that are looking at NFTs as uh, a marketing or a loyalty program or advertising, um, I think you know some of the names are like Adidas, Nike, Dolce Gabbana, Louis Vuitton. Uh, like I, I couldn't count all of them really. Starbucks. Um, I think that will be a really big space to grow. Uh, advertising companies or companies that are you know using crypto and NFT technology to and blockchain technology to build that space will do quite well. I think privacy, identity and reputation are really big spaces at the moment. Um, we're kind of at an inflection point I think in this market where for a really long time we've hidden personal details from the chain. Um, but with zero-knowledge technology and soul-bound tokens and a few other verifiable credentials um, used in the right way, um, I think that we'll probably be moving into a space now where we can bring real-world credentials on-chain. Uh, I mean, not not the credentials themselves, but proxies. Um, and so by doing that, we can create these amazing systems. And like you said, DSOC, um, we can create systems that, you know, are able to change our medical system or able to change, you know, research funding or um, kind of going into other spaces, um, you know, even if we look at, uh, you know, your university degree, um, having proof proof of that in a Solban token. Um, these kind of ideas on around privacy identity reputation I think will grow quite a bit this year. Um, Other than that, seeing a lot of social media, community management tools, bringing in Web2 communities with blockchain tooling, which is very cool. Um, I'd say metaverse products will continue to kind of build out. um, Metaverses themselves, I think, is a really hard thing to build. Um, But if you're, you know, building something that ties into it and is interconnecting into different metaverses, that could be a really good opportunity. Um, 100% AI and blockchain. Um, Check out AlgaVira, I'm a big fan of um, that DAO, Uh, but, you know, AI and blockchain, I think we've seen with ChatGPT this year, that uh, it's an astounding space for technological advancement, and really the the uses of it are just unthought of at the moment, and when we combine that with blockchain, there's a lot of really good opportunities. other than that, security auditing is a big one that came out of this year, unfortunately, but, you know, for the better. Um, definitely seeing some really awesome protocols coming through trying to improve uh, safety in the space um, so that people can interact in a way that, uh, you know, is a little bit more safe. <laughs> um, and other than that, I'd just say lots of wallet solutions. Uh, we, we've, we've, I, I think I've seen a little bit coming through in 2022, but I'm really looking forward to really cool customizable wallet solutions in 23.
2: It's like
0: they're saying not your keys, not your coins. And I think a lot of people have learned that the hard way. Um you've written a you've got a really cool uh Substack that I was having a look at. So for everyone out there, we're going to put all the links, uh we'll put links for AirTree. Check the website. Uh check this Substack out. Your last article uh that you're writing which was regarding hacked healthcare and blockchain. And in it, you were discussing the recent hacks on Medibank, Optus, the ATO. And just to put in perspective, for all our listeners, and because you put these stats in there that, you know, just when you sort of read them, it blows your mind. Like Medibank had up to 3.9 million people affected. Optus had up to 11.2 million people affected. The ATO had up to 80,000 people affected. In your opinion, I mean, and I'd really like to know from your medical research background and everything you do on the medical side, um, how will this blockchain technology be helping us in the medical field you know we get scared i mean i remember when it first came out it wasn't too long ago that um we all had to opt out of our health details being posted and it was you know quite a lot of fear around that how do you think this technology is going to benefit the medical side
1: here yeah a great question i think I mean, not speaking ill of any of these companies because I'm definitely sure that they're spending a lot of money and a lot of time trying to do everything that they can to combat a, a massively growing problem. Um, you know, I I don't necessarily, I'm not talking, uh, saying that they've done the wrong thing in any way, including, you know, all of them, my health record. And uh, I definitely think that's been done, you know, as as well as possible. I think probably where I come to it is I have like these... I love the idea of data autonomy i love the idea of data privacy um, what i don't really love the idea of is the really big tech companies um, you know the facebook googles um, that have so much so much of our data um, and you know they, this kind of does tie into the medical field because uh you know the systems that we're using for medical data and uh medical research again they're very good systems um but Potentially if we were to put change it up a little bit and say hey instead of you holding all of the data and creating a treasure chest for people to um, To hack and uh, get all of the data at once. Maybe, you know, if we distribute through distributed systems um, and wallets um, that my medical data will be held by me and the great thing about blockchain of course is that it's traceable so i can see who's accessing i can see you know who's requesting access um, i can see who's adding um, and i'm not saying that we're anywhere near um this happening at the moment um, and of course i'm not a computer scientist or a cybersecurity expert but um 100% believe that the future comes from a more customizable solution rather than uh creating modern day treasure chests uh in in like you know siloed data but um, there is something to be said of siloed data as well because you know if we have a building with one door um, it could have a lot of great things and if we guard that door really well um there's there's you know not a lot of problem but the problem comes when we have external systems um such as you know the Facebooks and Twitters and wherever else um, that are holding that data and maybe not using it as ethically as we would like or using it for purposes that we 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 aren't really um, super keen on or aware of. Um, so I think in terms of medical data, really what it comes down to is data autonomy. Our medical systems are, are quite rigid um, and by by design a little bit, um, but it's really quite hard to get access to your medical data or to see you know. Um, the culmination of doctors data that you've you've accumulated over maybe an 80 year life. Um, and that's why my health health record was something that was brought in because if a little old lady comes in off the street to a hospital and we don't know anything about her medical history, we'll know a little bit better how to treat her. Um, and so the wonderful thing about uh, these systems would be that you get to potentially um, create a system like that with a little bit more trust because you're you have a little bit more control over it.
0: Yeah, i think we we lost a lot of control at times through the facebook's just by a lack of understanding as to how much our data was out there um and you know my entry into crypto was meme coins but it wasn't until i started researching about the actual technology that it was things like this that gave me a firm belief in this is life ta- life-changing technology and great solutions to stop these sort of problems, you know, whether it's identity fraud or anything like that. Um, I think it's great. And I can't wait to see what the medical side uh, and blockchain can actually produce because I don't think people really understand how life-changing this potentially is.
1: Yeah, and 100% there are ways of, um, of doing different things. Um, and by all means, you can achieve a lot of different things that um, I'm saying that aren't necessarily on blockchain. but I I really think that it's an emerging technology that is really just starting, um, and obviously with Airtree investing fifty million dollars here, we we believe that as well.
0: Something a little bit off topic from the medical side, you were recently hosted, I believe, at Parliament House by the Tech Council of Australia uh, for the launch of their digital assets in Australia. After being involved in all of that, what's your thoughts on like sort of where we currently stand and what may come next for regulating our space in Australia?
1: 2023 is going to be a big year for regulation yeah. everywhere. I think <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think that you can go through the FTX, Celsius, 3AC, Terra Luna, um, and not have some fallout. Um, unfortunately, but also maybe for the better in some small some ways. Um, so. I went to the launch of the Digital Assets in Australia report with the Tech Council of Australia um, and since then I've actually been working in their working group, uh, contributing to the digital assets advice towards Parliament. Um, So I think early 2023, uh, Treasury will be releasing um, a consultation doc on their token mapping experiment, which is very exciting. Um, August 2022, this year, the uh, Federal Reserve is, a uh, big um the Reserve Bank of Australia. I, um, you might need to cut that out and make sure that I'm saying the right thing. Let me just double check. Um, sorry, just a second.
2: That's all good. We'll-
1: the pilot program.
0: Well, oh, I think we've lost John, anyways. <laughs> oh,
1: um, you might need to cut that out because I, I probably should work out what it is. Um, Reserve Bank, yeah. Yeah, thought, yeah. Um, so, in August this year, we had the Reserve Bank of Australia start their pilot program looking and uh, researching into the idea of an Australian Central Bank Digital Currency, or CBDC. Um, that, I believe, will be finishing sometime in 2023, which will be very, very interesting to read. Um, I know that that's a pretty emotive topic for a few people, um, but it's something that a lot of companies all over the world are really looking into at the moment um other than that i think i'll be keeping an eye on biden administration seeing what they're doing with their after their executive order looking at digital assets um that will be pretty interesting because i think we've seen a lot of countries seem to follow the us's lead on a lot of these things um from the australian perspective though um if i may um, i think that we really are positioned in a very good very good spot um you know we have amazing talent blockchain talent we have a really um, a smaller, more flexible, um, you know, environment here where we're able to maybe create change throughout through our systems a little bit uh, easier than the U.S. systems, um, and place ourselves uh, with you know uh, really good, really good grants and really good um, positive laws to create a safe ecosystem that isn't stifling growth. Um, so that's my hope for this year. I think hopefully at the end of 2023. Um, we have some governance that is positive and, uh, you know, people that are really putting the efforts in and lawmakers that are really putting the effort into understanding what they're trying to regulate, um, which is such a hard thing because it's changing every day. Um, but I, I'm really, really positive that that that, that will be a positive um, regulatory environment in Australia. Um, and hopefully, you know, these events of this year won't have impacted that too harshly
0: yeah i think uh who knows maybe cd cbdc's might push a bit of mass adoption i mean i think in the end of the day we have to see a level of regulation in the space because 99.9 percent of the people are just being burnt and you know, that just tanks a negative sentiment across the board and, you know, we have to have someone step in and say, okay, enough's enough. Whether good, whether bad, let's wait and see. Um, we are decentralised for a reason, but sometimes we, we do need a, a bit of rules around how we sort of play this environment. But on the NFT side, uh, and we're going I to... Say,
1: I will just say to that point, I think a lot of the things that we're seeing in the space aren't necessarily due to the space um a lot of a lot of the crime and uh scamming that we're seeing are co- like copycats of exactly what's happening in spaces that have nothing to do with blockchain
2: mm.
1: um and you know yes there is some things there are some things to be learned and uh some regulation should be put in place but um i think if we overregulate the defi and overregulate the tech um that's that can sometimes be a dangerous thing as well
0: yeah, It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> you know, it's um, it's been a tough road, especially on the degen side. After you know, one project drops, and you see all you know copycats dropping and things like that. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a crazy space. But I think anything sort of new like this, um, you know, can be crazy. I just seen you know, and you've probably both seen it yourselves. Uh, a lot of people get sort of that gold fever with certain things and stuff like that, but your pfp was really cool uh wasi by wassies can you tell us a bit about it because i mean i recognized it straight away super unique i love the wassies uh we've got our own wasi as we said before off air um could you tell us a bit about the
2: community and the nft itself
1: sure um with the, I mean-
2: with the medical equipment the stethoscope and stuff
1: i love it so much um i was very very lucky with this one uh i I, a friend of mine uh he uh you know very involved in the project um and so uh they managed to make me a custom steph b wasi um that has my little stethoscope on the ground and you know my little pink dress which was very very cute of them um i love this community and i'm not this is not a shill this is not a go buy this this is um Definitely just from my perspective, not no financial advice. Um, but uh, yeah, no, they, they're a pretty good community. Um, Wasi's kind of started out. I'm sure you've seen if you're on Quick Crypto Twitter, um, there's a few places that you know the law had started. But um, everyone would maybe be aware of Inverse Bra or Smolting, which is um, quite quite a large uh, crypto Twitter account um, that essentially finds cringe and post, reposts it. Um, And so i think that that kind of is maybe the where it started essentially it's a little creature that lives for two weeks um and uh i i I don't maybe you can read into the law yourself but uh i do love the project they're building out ai um kind of augmented reality um tools for it um metaverse tools so hopefully maybe the next time i do this i'll be my wasi you won't be seeing my face
0: (laughs) I love it. I think it's so cool um, for everyone out there. I mean, the collection was twelve thousand three hundred and forty-five uh wasis, which nine thousand minted out, three thousand held with the community. Uh super cool stuff because we just see so much copycat in NFTs at times, whether it's breeding, whether oh here's a serum drop. But I I just thought it was really cool that it, you know passed away horrifically or stupidly over 14 days and then you got a a generic one back or genetic one back that's always tied back to the other wasi look super cool for everyone listening do your own research i mean we're going to put all the links for airtree um i'm super bullish to see where you guys are heading this year because um I love where you guys are coming from with Airtree, but one thing that really stood out, um, you know, besides the impressive partners and customers you guys are working with, was just the fact that you guys have such a strong moral compass and, you know, you don't do anything and invest in tobacco, drugs, alcohol, porn, gambling, or weapons. It's just not for you guys. And kudos to you guys. Um, I think that's, you know, I love that. Uh, That's really cool. Um, But we will have all the links on there. Uh, Steph, before we wrap it up, we usually love to ask about mental health. Um, you know, especially at the moment in this market where people have been burned by Luna, they've been burned by FTX. Um, there's been a few hard pulls to swallow this year. So do you have any advice around mental health and what we could sort of implement into our lives just to make this road a bit easier?
1: Um, that's such a great question, and it's such an important thing to talk about, I think, in this space, especially people that are involved in trading themselves, like, you know, coins or NFTs. Yeah. Um, I think my philosophy personally is to really just try and be as kind and as um try try and spread as much kind of smile and joy as you can um it's really easy in our space to be mean (laughs) because a lot of us are anonymous um and so you know you can have your anonymous identities and you can spread you know the bad or you can spread the good um and i think that it's an amazing opportunity to spread good. You know, my, my experiences in this space have been, you know, wa- very, very, very wild, widely uh, positive. And even when it comes to mental health, um, I think that we've all seen situations where people have been vulnerable enough to say that, you know, they're not doing so well um, and the rallied, rallied support around them is pretty amazing. So I'd say look after your communities, look after yourself. Um, at the end of the day, you know, if you're an investor in this space, it's an investment. It's not your identity. It's not your life. If you have to sell that, you know, whatever it is, that shouldn't mean that your community leaves you. (laughs) That's something I see a lot in the NFT space and that I just don't really agree with. Um, It's an investment. You can sell it, you can buy it, you know, um, but at the end of the day, hopefully your communities will be uh, a little transcendent past that, um, that that one thing you hold um you know we have we have identities created around your pfp but you know if you one day had to put your your face on there i hope your your friends would stick around and so i want i'd say be that friend
0: <laughs> yeah i love it kindness love it, it, it's so important especially in this space like you said a lot of people are not docs they're anonymous and it can get a bit rough out there well guys this is Steph from Airtree, and I really thank you so much for coming on. And I'd also just like to thank from all of us, the degenasi apes and everyone in the medical field over the last couple of years of what you guys have all done for us. You guys were on the front line um, fighting this horrible disease. So thank you so much for putting yourselves on the line. And I'm really excited personally to see your journey over 2023. And for everyone out there, please make sure you like, follow, subscribe. We will putting Steph's details all in the bio. So yeah, make sure you subscribe. And thank you so much for coming on, Steph.
1: Thank you so much, guys. Um, it's actually been so fun uh, to have a little bit of a chat, <laughs> and I hope you have a really good uh, rest of your holiday.
0: <laughs> you've always got a home at the DJ Aussie Apes. We'd love to see you in Sydney. i be coming. I've got to come and visit. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, guys, like I said, DJ Aussie Apes consider I mean, like, follow, subscribe, you know what you need to do.